0: Last week we looked in Luke's Gospel and we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth and saw how God used this very special couple to bring John the Baptist into the world who was going to be the one who announced the Messiah when he came in his ministry. This morning we're going to look in the same section, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, And we're going to see the angel Gabriel once again. He he figures prominently in this story. But now he's going to visit Mary. And once again, this stuff is probably pretty familiar to us. But it's always good to go back and look at the pattern in which God spoke to his people. So we're going to begin reading in verse 26 of Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And we're going to read down to verse 56 and then briefly go back through and see a couple of things that stand out. In the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what He has spoken to her. And Mary said, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because He has looked with favor on the humble condition of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and His name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear Him. He has done a mighty deed with His arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months. Then she returned to her home. You see, Mary, and we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning, she was a very young lady. Most likely a teenager. And it's some interesting things when you read this announcement when Gabriel shows up. And I've mentioned this at other times. But often when angels visited people in Scripture, the people were terrified. We see that with Zechariah. Zechariah was burning incense in the temple and the angel appeared and he thought he was going to die. And here Mary, it says, she's scared. She's deeply troubled. And once again, an angel has to tell someone, don't be afraid. This is a good visit. I'm not here to kill you. I'm not here to rebuke you. In fact, actually what Gabriel says, and I don't know that I can wrap my mind around this. I don't know that I could put myself in Mary's mindset. But here she is, this young young woman. She's got a noble man that she's going to marry and start her life with. And this angel says, You are favored. God is with you. I can understand how she would be troubled by what Gabriel tells her. Put yourself in Mary's place if you can for just a moment. Here is a teenage girl who's about to be married. Should be the most exciting time in her life. And I know cultures are different. But even in the first century, a young lady about to be married to a good man would be excited. Want this to go off without a hitch, no complications. And then an angel shows up and just changes everything. Changes everything. Said, God has chosen you, Mary, to give birth to his son. You're going to be pregnant. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And however that worked, we don't know. It was supernatural. You're going to have a child. I can understand why she's not necessarily jumping for joy. How would you like to be an unwed teenager and God say, you're going to be pregnant and give birth to the son of God? Now that is a favored position. We can't overlook that. Randy mentioned this and Kevin kind of touched upon it this morning. God chose Mary and Joseph because they were special people. They were godly people. He didn't just choose anyone He chose a young woman who was willing to be obedient. We see this in her conversation. Look at verse 38. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your words. And think about what she's agreeing to. She's agreeing to become pregnant, not through her future husband. And she's not going to be married when she becomes pregnant. And that's the stigma in our society today. I can't imagine what it must have been like in the first century in Palestine in a deeply religious setting for a young woman to come up pregnant and she's not married. Think about the embarrassment that she would have felt in public. Think about the conversation she must have had with Joseph. We don't see that conversation. Fortunately, Joseph has a dream but can you imagine Mary going back to Joseph and trying to explain this to him? Can you imagine Mary trying to explain this to her parents and to her family and to everyone else? So the fact that she was troubled, that's an understatement. She had to have been frightened, scared out of her wits. But what does we see happen? She says, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm listening to what you're telling me. And I'm willing to do it. So whatever God has chosen to do, let it happen. Sometimes I think we kind of look over the fact that's tremendous faith right there. That's incredible faith. To be facing the unknown, knowing that there's going to be difficulties with it. Knowing she's got to go talk to Joseph. She's got to talk to her parents. Everyone in that village. And yet she says, whatever you choose to do through me, Lord, I will do. That's amazing courage. That's amazing faith right there. We don't know exactly the timeline. We only have what Luke and Matthew tell us. But she heads out to go see Elizabeth, who is somehow related to her. We're not exactly sure the nature of the relationship. But but Elizabeth is already pregnant well along. And she gets there to Zacharias' house and Elizabeth. And we know that by this point Mary's pregnant because as she comes and speaks to her relative Elizabeth, John the Baptist jumps in her womb. And recognizes that the Messiah has shown up. I can remember when all three of our children were born. I can remember getting those first sonograms. You remember those? And you're looking at the doctors are pointing out things. And I'll just be honest, they look like this blobs of black and gray goop to me. But they pointed out, here's the head. And, but when you listen to the sonogram and you could hear the heartbeat, it was amazing. And here we see something that's even greater than that. The first time you hear your child's heartbeat in one of those machines. Here we see John the Baptist who was born according to prophecy. He is going to be the one that prepares the way for the Messiah to come. He's not even been born yet. And he acknowledges that the Messiah is in his presence. That's amazing. That's incredible. It's a little detail. It's so easy to read over and not see. While Jesus is still in the womb, John is already worshiping. And John is worshiping so much. Remember the promise to Zachariah and Elizabeth that the child would be filled with the Holy Spirit while even in the womb? Now Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she starts to worship Jesus while he is still in the womb. And she sort of prophesies over Mary. She's like, Why am I so fortunate? Why has God chosen to bless me in this way, that the mother of the Messiah is coming to see me? And then in verse 45, she says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. Elizabeth confirms that Mary has great faith and great courage. And then Mary prophesies here. Sometimes we don't understand the nature of what she says here. It's set apart like a song or a poem, but Mary is actually prophesying and she's reiterating things that the prophets in the Old Testament had said. So that gives us some indication that Mary knew the scriptures. Joseph knew the scriptures. They were godly people. God chose them for a reason. And Mary basically sums up all of the Old Testament prophecy pointing towards the Messiah. And she sums it there in verse 55, going all the way back to Abraham, I am part of the fulfillment of the promise God made to our father Abraham all those generations ago that he would be the Father of nations and one of his offspring would bless the entire world. And so says God has chosen me to be a part of that. and she worships the Lord. She's humble. She's joyful. That doesn't mean she's not frightened and apprehensive about what's going to happen. But she's willing. And I think that may be the best lesson we see about Mary. She's like, Lord, this is a pretty big task you're calling me to. People aren't going to understand. I don't know that Joseph is going to understand. But if this is what you believe I should do, then I will do it. And she was willing Mary played a pivotal role in the salvation of mankind. And remember that first prophecy from our Sunday night lesson. That first prophecy was in Genesis chapter 3. After Adam and Eve sinned. And God is standing there with Adam and Eve and the serpent. And he tells the serpent, he's like, I'm going to put hatred between you and the offspring of the woman. You're going to try to destroy them for the rest of their history. He's like, but there's going to be one that comes, a descendant of this woman, and you're going to try to kill this descendant. You're going to strike his heel, but he will crush your head. And that's the very first prophecy of the Messiah. And now Mary is being used to help fulfill that. I wish I had a thought of finding this illustration, but one of my favorite illustrations this time of the year is a series of illustrations that these uh, nuns have painted and it's a beautiful picture in, in retrospect. I wish I had brought it, but it's a picture of Mary standing with Eve and Mary's with child and Eve has her hand on Mary's stomach feeling the baby. And that alone is beautiful enough, but then when you look down at the bottom, you see the serpent coiled around Eve's leg, reaching out and Mary is crushing its head. And it's a beautiful picture that this time of the year when we celebrate the birth of the Messiah, it was the beginning of the promise that God made back in the garden that he would fix this mess that we created. Mary wasn't random. God chose her because of his infinite wisdom. He knew she was the right one. Joseph wasn't random. This was all according to prophecy. They were from certain families. The baby was going to be born in a certain town. He would be raised in another town after going to Egypt. All this had been prophesied. Isaiah said the virgin will conceive and give birth to a child. He will be raised in Galilee. He will be born in Bethlehem, a descendant of King David. And when you look at those genealogies, we were talking about this after Sunday school Matthew and Luke's genealogies are somewhat different. Matthew's proves that Jesus was the legal heir to the throne of David, going through Joseph's bloodline because Joseph was his legal father. Matthew shows without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus had a right to the throne of the king David. And Luke's gene- genealogy is the same in a lot of places, but it differs greatly. And scholars aren't sure exactly, but a lot of them believe that that traces Mary's genealogy. And shows that Jesus was the descendant of Abraham. The promised one who would bless all nations. So Mary being chosen was part of God's perfect plan. And the reason God chose Mary, first of all, is because of his infinite wisdom. He knew what was right. He knew what was good. And Gabriel said, we don't know what Mary had done at this point. We don't know anything about Mary before this, but it says... You have found favor with God. How would you like to get that message? You have found favor with God. That tells us a lot about Mary's character even though we didn't know anything about her. God looked upon her with favor and chose her to be the mother of the Messiah. And her response She understood exactly what was happening. Sometimes we question, sometimes we speculate. There's a beautiful song that's sung a lot this time of the year. Mary, did you know? Perhaps you've heard that song. And it speculates, Mary, did you really know? I think she did. I really do. Gabriel made it clear. He said, this is the Holy Spirit working in you, Mary. This is God doing this. Look at verse 35. It says, The power of the Most High, Almighty God will overshadow you. That word's important because it shows that Mary was willing to submit. If you're overshadowed, that means something is over you, taking all of the glory. And Mary was willing to let that happen. It's like your son is going to be called the Son of God. Mary, did you know? I think she did. I think she understood. And we see her worship there at Zachariah and Elizabeth's house. My soul praises the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior because He has looked with favor on the humble condition of His servant. Surely now, now, From now, all generations will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me and his name is holy. That sounds like a young lady who knew exactly what was going on. That sounds like a young lady who understood her purpose and her plan. And that doesn't mean she wasn't frightened, she had to have been. Just the fact that she was pregnant for the very first time is a unique experience. I can only speak in this outside observer. But you ladies that have had children, think back to when you found out you were going to have a child the very first time. Was there a little bit of apprehension? A little bit of worry? Now add to that that you're not married. You've got to go tell your husband. There's some things I wish were recorded in Scripture that are not. I would have loved to have seen that conversation. Put yourself in their place. Gentlemen, put yourself in Joseph's place. You're a godly man. Trying to be obedient. Try to do what's right. There's this girl that you're madly in love with. You can't wait to get married to her. In fact, this already legally happened. We don't understand that because their culture was a lot different. By this point... Joseph had already gone to Mary's house. They've already had a celebration. They have become betrothed. That's what that word meant. It's more than just our word engagement. And then what would happen in this place is Joseph would leave. He's paid the dowry. The date has been set. He's gone home to prepare the place where they're going to live. And then he would return and there would be a huge celebration. But by the fact that they've already had this first festival, it's been announced, the dowry's been paid, as far as the law was concerned, they were married. Even though they were not living together. In order for Joseph to back out, it's not like today where you just say, hey, we're we're calling this off. Joseph would have to go and give valid reason for calling this wedding off. So imagine young, young guy, and his fiancee's coming. And imagine, ladies, try to put yourself in her spot. And I've got a pretty vivid of that imagination, but I can't even begin to imagine how that conversation started. Hey, Joseph, we need to talk. That's an understatement. Imagine the fear she must have felt. Now, she's already understood God has chosen her she understood that she has been favored by God, but she still got to tell Joseph. Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Now, guys, what would you say? You know it's not yours. And then she says, Oh, yeah, it's going to be God's baby. The Holy Spirit did this. I've heard a lot of excuses, <laughs> heard a lot of wild stories in my life, but just imagine the conversation. And we do know that Joseph did have a dream. That was our Sunday school lesson. It says, Joseph, believe Mary. She's a righteous, honorable woman. This is God doing this. And that passage said Joseph had already decided to divorce her. He was going to do it under the table. He didn't want to embarrass her. He didn't want to make a scene out of things. But the angel says, trust her. You two have been chosen for a purpose. And sometimes I don't know that Joseph quite gets the credit he deserves either. But he was a godly man. And he did the right thing as well. I would love to hear God physically say, Lee, you were favored. That would be incredible. But I don't know that I would want to hear it if I was asked to do something along the lines of Joseph and Mary, if I'm perfectly honest. I often wonder, and this is not in Scripture, this is just me wondering. Because we see both of them, Mary and Joseph, they trusted God, they believed, and they were obedient. They did exactly what God told them to do. And every single time God spoke to Joseph, Joseph got up and did exactly what God told him to do. God said, marry her. This is right. Joseph obeyed. God said, Joseph, get Mary and the baby, get up and go to Egypt. Joseph obeyed. Then after a while, he said, Joseph, get Mary, take the baby, go back home. Joseph obeyed. And really the only thing we see about Joseph, we see a lot about Mary. She continues on through Jesus' story up to the resurrection. But we don't see much about Joseph. In fact, the last time we see him, we mentioned this morning, is when Jesus is about 12 years old and he's at the temple. But every time we do see Joseph, he's obedient. He's protecting Mary. He's protecting Jesus. I'm glad that I wasn't chosen for this sort of task. We kind of sanitize it this time of the year. We have nativity scenes and all that, and they're nice. But think about how difficult this was for the families. Think about all the things Mary had to go through because you know how people are. Human nature hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Imagine Mary walking through the streets and people snicker. People say things. People point because you know that's what people do. They weren't excluded from that. And I think about Joseph. You think Joseph was ever walking through the streets with Jesus little boy Jesus walking through the streets trying to be a good dad and somebody would pass him going the other way and he'd look and say huh do you reckon he ever doubted? do you reckon he ever wondered? we don't know all we know is what scripture tells us Mary was obedient she said Lord you have chosen use me Joseph was obedient and I know the Christmas story is about the Messiah being born. But just like all through the Old Testament, every prophecy, everything that God promised, Jesus had to fulfill all those things. I believe it was no accident. They weren't just random people plucked from the earth. God chose Mary and God chose Joseph to be the parents of our Savior because they were the best ones they were the ones most qualified for the job and we should be thankful I know we often speculate speculate about when we get to heaven I'd like to meet this person I really do want to meet Joseph and Mary I don't know that we'll be allowed this I don't know that we'll even care in heaven but I would love to ask Joseph what in the world were you thinking how did that conversation go and I probably won't care But we should be thankful this morning as we close. We need to thank the Lord for the people that he chose. It's all about Jesus. But Jesus grew up in Mary and Joseph's home. They were his parents. They taught him at home. They taught him right from wrong. And they were the perfect couple for it. Because God chose them. It truly was a series of fortunate events for us. That this little girl, and it really rattles home because most scholars think she was about 15, which is how old my daughter is. This little girl, even though she was afraid, even though there was uncertainty, she's like, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me just as you said.